This morning, I'm going to start my sermon by asking you a question to ponder. On your way to church today, was your focus on heaven? As you came to worship, were you visualizing our eternal kingdom secured by Jesus Christ? I'm going to guess that not many of us were. Maybe none of us were thinking of heaven at all. In our gospel reading from Matthew, we hear Jesus describing heaven as a hidden treasure. We also hear him describing heaven as a very special and unique pearl. So why does our Lord use this analogy to help us understand? I think he's attempting to give us a view into something we really can't comprehend. He's trying to give us access to the feeling that we'll have when we're finally in heaven. But we're not there yet. As we live our lives, we come to know the material things of this world and how very attractive they are to our sinful nature. The worldly items we see, feel, and touch can easily capture our attention. If we allow ourselves to be obsessed with earthly treasures, we often lose sight and lose our way. Instead of taking the straight path, our Lord wants us to travel. So what does this world have to offer? What treasures and things distract us from the bigger picture? Let's see. We want to win the lottery. I checked last night. I believe one of them is up over $1 billion. Tempting. Very tempting. And don't we all like a good story about a lost treasure that someone finds and the wealth that that could provide them? Lately on YouTube, I have been drawn in to watching World War II metal detecting channel. They go to old battlefields in Europe and find memorabilia and material from World War II. I'm enamored with it. I can't get enough of it. My father-in-law got into metal detecting years ago. He's quite good at it. Today he still goes out on a weekly basis and he finds rings, coins, things that we'd all consider treasure. One time when he was visiting our house years ago in Albuquerque, we told him the story we heard from our neighbors that the original owner of our house was trying to mow his lawn. I don't have grass in my front yard anymore. Trying to mow his lawn, pulling on the cord for the lawnmower, and his wedding ring flew off. So the entire neighborhood banded together for two days and searched that front yard. It was never found. So my father-in-law picked up his metal detector, which he brought on the visit. <laughs> Within six minutes, he walked back in the house and he had the ring. That's intoxicating, isn't it? How about panning for gold? I'm sure all of us have thought about trying from one time or another at a western theme park or out in the desert itself to try and pan for gold. Most of you know I grew up in Arizona and one of the stories I heard was of the lost Dutchman gold mine. It's out in the Superstition Mountains east of Phoenix. 
Over the years, people have lost their lives looking for that lost treasure. This week, my wife and I went down to Truth or Consequences, took a one-day vacation. And while we were there, we went magnet fishing. It's a big magnet on a rope, and you throw it in the river, and you hope to find some metal or something of value. Footnote here, we found nothing. <laughs> How about that gimmick where you go and pick up that oyster and they uh, have a kiosk there, they open it for you, and no matter what you get, you get a pearl anyway, you're insured of that, but they make you feel like the biggest winner of the day. Sometimes we find our treasure on this earth through our entertainment, the movies you might see, or whatever our phone's new game might be able to provide us. We might be enamored with social media and our profile and its presentation to the world. Or for many of us, we just love our gaming systems. But don't they distract us from the bigger picture? Don't they keep us focused on worldly things? They distract us from the purpose, our purpose, here on earth. Can we be focused on a daily basis of what Christ has sacrificed for us and our salvation? Or will we keep our heads down and numbed by the intoxicating things of this earth? Keep in mind, treasures of this world are fleeting and temporary. Now, this is my disclaimer for a few of you in the audience who have been in my new member class recently. I'm going to recycle a story. Go ahead with the next slide. When I was in college, I came home on a break. My father was out traveling as well in California and had not yet returned. Since I got there before him, I parked in his space, in the driveway. Later that night, my dad came home and he had to park on the street. And what is this? Anybody know what car that is? VW Rabbit, but it's more specifically, my dad would tell you, a diesel rabbit. I greeted my father when he entered the house and the first thing he wanted to talk about was his trip and how much he adored his car. My dad went on and on about how many miles to the gallon this car got on diesel. He talked about how reliable it was and how smooth it drove. And then he looked at me towards the end of that conversation and he said, I just love that car. Later that night as I slept, in the room towards the back of our house, I felt the whole house shudder. I was groggy and I woke up and I thought to myself, wait a second, I'm in Arizona. There's not supposed to be earthquakes. And that's what it felt like. So I got up and went to the front of the house where my brother was in the front living room trying to open the front door, but he couldn't get it open. The whole front house and all the bricks to our humble abode was dislodged. After a while, we finally got it open and went out. We went out to survey the damage and realized that my father's car was missing. It was no longer parked in front of the house. All that was left was broken glass, oil, and other fluids. We followed the traces of debris on the ground for about 50 yards to the corner where our park was. A drunk driver had come down our street late that night at 2 a.m. 
and hit my dad's rabbit head on at a high speed. It drove the car into the park. In attempting to flee the house and the scene, the drunk driver backed into the house and crushed the front wall. Soon my father uh, walked out and met me in the park. He looked at his car and he looked at me and he said, I told you I loved that car, didn't I? And I said, yeah, you did. We then continued that discussion on how things of the world are fleeting and how we shouldn't be connected to much things, to many things or one thing that we should love. It was a good lesson for me to remember in my life that possessions and treasures of this world are temporary. 2 Corinthians chapter 4:18 says, so we fix our eyes not on what is seen, what our eyes not on what not what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. We need to remember that the world and its desires pass away, that one who follows the will of God remains forever. So why use earthly treasures to help us understand the value of heaven? I think Jesus tries to give us a glimpse of what's in store for us in heaven. He gives us earthly examples because that's what we are able to relate to. His example of a hidden treasure, that special pearl, and the fisherman's mother load are all examples to try to help us understand the value, the uniqueness, and the excitement of heaven. When we find that hidden treasure or open that oyster with the once-in-a-lifetime pearl, do we just look at it and say, eh, okay, that's good? Or do we experience a rush, a rush of elation, a rush of emotions, adrenaline pumping through our veins, and the excitement of what we've just found? I believe Jesus gave us these examples to connect us, not just to the concept and the value of heaven, but the rush, the feeling of excitement, the joy of our eternal salvation. I don't think we daily grasp it, and I don't think we can comprehend its true value. But Jesus tries and gives us this example. He wants us to understand the value of his sacrifice. He wants us to connect to what his grace and his mercy has bought us. When we contemplate where we're going, we need to daily remember how it was paid. We need to remind ourselves the commitment and sacrifice that Christ made for us when he died on the cross to save us from our sins. We don't deserve it, and yet God provides. So remember the rush. Jesus wants us to understand the value, the excitement, and the rush of what awaits us. He wants us to be all in, to sell everything else to obtain that field, the hidden treasure to sell all our possessions and to obtain that one perfect pearl. Jesus wants us committed and all in. So how can we be committed? Be a salesman for Christ. Use the prospect of eternal life and share this good news with others. 
Let the Holy Spirit work through you to touch others with this message. Be excited, feel the rush, and let it spread to others. Our gospel reading directs us to be focused on our heavenly treasure, so keep it in front of you. Now, in last week's sermon, pastor told us his vacation drama. So I'm going to tell you about one of my vacations, but it's not drama or negative. This one's positive. I'm going to tell you about my trip of going to Denmark and Norway in 2019, and that was a positive outcome for me. For most of my life, I had a dream of making it to Europe and seeing Denmark and Norway, mostly Denmark, because of my heritage. I wanted to see where my ancestors came from. So one Christmas, I kind of stood up in front of my family and said, my wife and I are going to Europe next year. Saying that kind of made an imperative to do it. I learned from a friend of mine that you could buy tickets 10 and a half months or more in advance of most flights to European destinations. So I took this opportunity to buy my tickets about 11 months before our trip. Buying them early saved me some money. So in 2019, we went to Denmark and Norway. I have to say that the trip did not disappoint. It was everything we kind of ex expected it to be, and that much more. We have very great memories from that time. But because I booked this trip so well in advance, I had it in front of me every day. I had something to look forward to. I was excited on a regular basis. When things were stressful at work or in my general life, all I had to do was remind myself, yeah, but you're going to Europe. It's that excitement, it's that same rush that I had for Europe that Jesus wants us to focus on. He wants us to be aware of his sacrifice. We're going to heaven because of his grace. The path has been set and the work is done. Christ did the hard part. He bought the tickets. So as we look forward to our salvation and the assurance of our eternal life through Jesus Christ, use that energy to tell other people, let the gospel be shared of this great and wonderful treasure of eternal life. Tell others that the tickets have already been paid well in advance. Our part and our response to what Christ has done is to share and proclaim the gospel to everyone. Tell them of the excitement, the rush that's in store for everyone who's touched by the Holy Spirit and believes in Jesus Christ. Amen.